Welcome to Journey Church Podcast. It's great to have you with us. Here at Journey, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend's worship experience. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. We hope you enjoy the message. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 5, Paul is writing to the church in Romans, some context here. Uh, Rome is obviously the center of the world when Paul is writing, and so when he writes this letter, he is not just writing to Rome, he is writing to, how many people have ever heard the old adage, all roads lead to Rome, right? At the time, to send a letter to the church in Rome was not just to send a letter to one church, you were sending a letter to multiple churches, all the churches whose roads led to Rome. The message was intended to get out. So when you hear Paul talk about parts here, he's talking about many parts of a one big global church. So now that'll make some sense when you hear what he's saying. Verse 4, just as our bodies have many parts and each has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. Somebody say parts. Yes. Hey, the title of today's talk is simple. Simple. I'm a part. I'm a part. A part. A part. A part. A part. Uh, if I were to summarize today's uh, sermon or talk with you, it would be simply the difference and definition or the difference between Being a part and belonging, or belonging and being a part. One is good, but another is better. I love to belong. If I were to ask you, I think we would all raise our hand and say, yeah, belonging is important to me. Belonging to something is uh, is special. And I think if you really want to tap into your primal instinct or need to belong, you have to go all the way back to middle school. That's right. All the way back to the lunch room, what I call the lunch table tango, okay? And that is when you are a sixth grader and you are in a brand new school and you come in and all of it's like nobody gave you the memo, but there are tables and there are tables defined by, you know, preferences or style of dress or skin color and you go in there and you don't really know where to sit and so, you know, you're just the lunch table tango. You know, you go that way, no, no seat. Go over there, okay, no, uh, no seat. Can I go over there? No, okay, it doesn't really work. Uh, that was kind of my experience growing up in middle school. I grew up in New York City. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn. Then I moved to Staten Island. Very, hey, there you go, Staten Island in the house. Um, and, uh, and it was very uh, different for me because I have a look. I don't know if you saw this look. I could go for many things. Uh, I could be, you know, you have no idea unless I start speaking Spanish or something like that, that I may be Hispanic. And so when I, when I first, uh, and, and, and in New York, it really depends where you live because the people group around you will determine your identity for the most part, you know, your neighborhood. And so I remember in the fifth, sixth grade, there was a strong Jewish presence in my school. And I was like, I got into sixth grade and I went everywhere and everybody was Jewish um, except me. And I wanted to be, you know. <laughs> Jewish, then I wanted to be and cool. And I remember you were only cool in the sixth grade if you got invited to a bar mitzvah. You don't know what that is. That's like the passage for a 12-year-old boy to like become a man. And I was like, I want to be a man. That's cool. And, uh, but, you know, I found out in the sixth grade that I wasn't Jewish. I tried. Didn't work. And though, so seventh and eighth grade came, and then seventh and eighth grade came, and that was the time of Biggie and Tupac. And so 
Seventh and eighth grade came, and all of a sudden, you know, my style changes. My mom takes me to the, to the store, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take a size 42 uh, jeans, and uh, I'll pick up a Michael Jordan jersey, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and I tried it, guys. True story. I actually had cornrows at one point in my, don't judge me. And then I uh, looked in the mirror one day, and I realized I'm trying really hard, but I found out something, and that was I'm not black. Yeah, I tried, and... Then I made it to kind of high school, and as I got to high school, I thought, you know what? I didn't fit in here, and I didn't fit in here, and this is my struggle, by the way. I'm not stereotyping anybody, but I, I thought, you know, I found out what I am. I finally found out what I am. I'm Puerto Rican. The only problem is I had never been to Puerto Rico, and I could not speak a lick of Spanish. I didn't know anything about the dances or anything, but I was committed to being Puerto Rican. And so I asked my parents to buy me a Puerto Rican flag. I got sneakers with the Puerto Rican flag embroidered on them. I started just using the only words I know. Hola, como estas? You know, just tried everything. My friends would come up to me and they'll be like, hey, do you like salsa? And I'm like, yeah, I love it with my chips. I love it all. I didn't know anything about the music. I just had no idea. And it just didn't work out for me, right? And, and here's the funny thing. The lunch table tango doesn't end at puberty, right? We grow up and we still have a desire to belong, don't we? It doesn't end when you get out of high school. No, we grow up and we still look for community. The quest for community is evident if you've ever been to a sporting event. Anybody ever been to a sporting event? Raise your hand if you've ever been to a sporting event. And, like, and you're there and your team is winning. The things you will do with strangers when your team is winning. You don't know nothing. You don't know this guy from Adam. But when your team is winning, I, for the first time, I don't like soccer. I'm not good at it. That's why I don't like it. And I, and I don't only like things I'm good at, and I'm selfish like that. And I got invited by a friend. He's actually here. Eddie and Alyssa, they invited me out to go see an Orlando City soccer. You ever been to an Orlando City soccer game? My goodness, the energy. So I'm there. I kind of figured, you know, when our team gets the ball in the net, that's a good thing. And, and our team scores, and everybody around me is going crazy. I'm, I'm standing up, and, and this guy looks at me. He looks back at me, and it was like unspoken communication. And I'm like, bring it in, man. Bring it in. You know, and we hug, and we embrace. There's tears. It's crazy. You offered me his hot dog. You know, it's like we're family. Right? It's a quest for, for community, right? Yeah, the quest for community is why uh, me and Matt Solis are, are crying every Sunday and Monday night because we're Jets fans. Last Monday, our team lost 44 to 11. Who loses 44 to 11, Matt? That's exactly right. We do all the time. And, uh, and so, you know, when we cry together, community. Right? On a more serious note, it could be argued that the desire for community is the reason why we get married. So death do its part. You ain't going nowhere we belong to each other, right? On an even more serious note, I used to be a youth pastor, and I remember one young adult sharing with me in my office, she had gotten pregnant, um, and she was very young, and, uh, and I'm no psychologist, I don't attempt to jump into the white people, what, the way people think, but I asked her, I said, well, because she, she told me she was, she was intentionally trying to get pregnant, it was no accident, and I said, well, why, how come? This was her answer to me, it says a lot about human nature and desire, she said, I kid you not, she said, I, I just, I want someone to belong to me, was her answer. And I thought, man, that's, that's, that says a lot about humans. We were born to belong. And it's not a bad thing. Scientists will say that it's hardwired into our DNA that in the times of dinosaurs and saber-toothed tigers, that the people who wanted to belong to each other were the people who survived. 
But the people who went out to do it alone were the people who got eaten. Belonging is absolutely core uh, to our uh, identity. And uh, we want you to belong here, right? And that's, I think that's why when you see that, uh, that sign, right, when you walked in and said, welcome home. Because we believe Journey Church is a place for you to belong, you know. Uh, and that whole idea with the dinosaurs and the saber-toothed tiger, it makes sense. When you get around a group, don't you feel safe? You know, that's why you can watch a scary movie by yourself and be terrified. But you watch the same scary movie in a group of four people, and it's a blast, right? You're not really afraid that the monster is going to jump through the television. And if he or she does, you've got, you know, John. I don't know what John's going to do, but it makes you feel good that they're there and that they're by your side. There's something, there's a safety in community. And so when we hang that sound outside the door that says, welcome home, I want you to know that is not a catchy phrase. That's not something that we throw around lightly here. When we say it, we mean it. We want you to feel at home here. We want you to feel safe. We want you to feel protected. We want you to feel like you can be yourself. Home, home, guys. Home is a place where you can relax. We want you to know that you can relax here. Home is a place where you can feel safe. We want you to know that you can feel safe here. Home is a place where you take off your shoes and take off your bra. You cannot do that here. Cannot do that here. Cannot do that here. But the symbolism maintains, okay? And the symbolism is this. You know why you take off all that and you just undo and you begin to wipe off the makeup and you, you, you do your hair? You know why? Because you don't care about what the other people in that room think about you because you know that they're going to love you for who you are. And I want you to know that you don't got to dress up to come to church. If you like to dress up, Props to you. Daryl Pulido is one of the best dressed men in our church. He works at a clothing store and he's always, and, and that's his comfortable look. And he just loves it. He loves it. He looks sharp always. He's got a beautiful woman by his side. It's a part of his look. He's got it working. We love you, Daryl. Um, but you don't have to dress up like Daryl. And you don't have to, and I don't just mean on the outside. You don't have to dress up on the inside either. You don't have to pretend like you're perfect. You don't have to pretend like life is going on, uh, going great. This, that's a dangerous question when you ask somebody at our church how you're doing because you're not going to get the stereotypical good. Be careful when you ask this because, you know, we ask that, but it's almost like just tradition. How you doing? Good. But what if somebody answered that question like for real? Like you're on the way past somebody, hey, good morning. How you doing? Not so good. Mom got sick. Oh, uh, yeah, about that. Let's talk. You can be real. You can let your hair down. Be yourself. You don't have to believe to belong here at Journey, and that's something that we try and say all the time. You don't, have to, you don't have to, you know, we believe in God and we believe in Christ, but we love you. And we want you to know that you're accepted for you and who you are at this place. You know, at home you have refrigerator rights. You know what refrigerator rights are, right? Refrigerator rights is you don't have to ask nobody for permission to get a, you know, a cup of milk. That's your fridge. And we want you to know that you have refrigerator rights here too. What do I mean by that? You know, refrigerator rights, how that works in my home is my son gets to drink milk and cereal and cookies and all that other stuff. But you know what's funny about the fact that he has access to the food in my fridge? That he didn't pay for any of it. I think that's funny. I mean, it's his food, but I paid for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, he drinks the milk, but I got the milk. I went to the, I got the job that had the paycheck that got in the car that I also paid for to drive to the Publix that I didn't pay for. But the milk I did pay for in the Publix to come back in the fridge that I paid for. And he drinks it. And he does nothing but exist. He don't help out. He didn't pick up a part-time job. He's not even old enough to do chores yet. The only thing he does for himself is potty. And even that, he needs help. 
but he gets access to it. Why do I mention that? Because I want you to know, and I don't mean this to be offensive. A lot of you guys are first-time guests here. It's amazing to meet you all. If, you, if you're enjoying today, let me just put it this way. If you're enjoying today, if you enjoyed the music, if you enjoyed somebody taking care of your child, if, you enjoyed, um, if you're enjoying this talk, I just want you to know that you're enjoying what other people have sacrificed for. Somebody paid for this microphone and, and gave for that light. And somebody got here. Somebody woke up at 5.30 this morning. We're a portable church. We do not own Winter Park High School. Somebody got up at 5.30 this morning, got dressed, got in their car to come here and practice so that you can eat. And I want you to know you don't ever have to participate or be a part of it because this is your home. You have refrigerator rights. You can come here and get fed and enjoy because that's why we do what we do. You're the reason. We want to see you get fed. And we want to see you grow. And we want to see you find hope and you find peace. And so feel free, but you have refrigerator rights. In summation, there's peace at home, and we want you to find and have peace. And that's the benefit of belonging. When you belong somewhere, you have peace. And I want to just share quick stories. There are some people who are going to come out. Uh, our special heart for the house service today uh, it would not be complete without telling some of the stories here at Journey Church. And so I'm going to because of time and because most of the people at our church are preachers, if I gave them a microphone, they, just, they would just go on and because uh, and, they're so excited about what God's doing. I want to share a story, a personal story from some of the people at our church. They're going to come out. They're going to have a seat. When they do, after I share their story and they come out, would you just clap for them when they come out? Because it actually took a lot of courage to share some of the stuff that they're going through and, so, and what God's doing in their life here through finding community at church. And as you listen to this story, I want you to know this could be you. Or this could be your friend. And so if, you're, if you need some guidance, you need some extra hope, some energy, just listen to this. And so the first story is from a, a young couple, at our, young married couple at our church, Sam and Kelly. Sam says this. They say this. When we felt God tell us to sell our home and move back to Orlando, we were very confused. We had lived in Tampa for nine years, so it was difficult for us to just leave. We were obedient, knowing that God was going to make it all work out. Within a week of us moving to Orlando, our cousin Kim had invited us to come check out this married couple small group. Anybody in the married couple small group? Make some noise if you're in the married couple small group. Awesome. We had invited them to come into this married couple's small group from her church called Journey. We were a little hesitant. Okay, we were more than a little hesitant. You see, first we had gone just through a really bad season where the church we had helped build had completely uh, fallen apart. And we had been to several married couples groups in the past. They were always either boring, condemning, or full of know-it-alls. And despite our past experiences, we felt God tell us to give this group a chance. And so we did. We walked through the doors of Stardust Coffee Shop, and the group greeted us with open arms, bright smiles, and full attention. The experience of that evening was literally life-changing. We had never been in a room where everyone wanted to know everything about you and wanted to tell you everything about them. No judgments, only positive thoughts. Everyone was so genuine. We knew this had to be God. Every Friday night from then on continued to get better and better as we were filled with each other with love, spiritual guidance to apply to our lives and individuals as couples. Every Monday we looked forward to Friday where we could all meet again. At Journey Church, we finally gained more than just friends. We've gained family, and it's a place where we can call home. And I'm going to ask Sam and Kelly to come out and uh, have a seat. Would you guys make some noise for Sam and Kelly? Yeah, they're awesome. Sam and Kelly, you guys can have a seat here. Beautiful young couple. I'll give you guys hugs. We love y'all. Thank you so much. And I've asked Sam and Kelly to just sit out here because here's the thing. They're going to be here while I'm preaching, so you guys shout me down, amen, you know, because they're going to be just for me. Um, but uh, I've asked all the stories that we share to have a seat so that you can put faces to these things that are happening. They aren't just individual people. They're actual 
people, actual people. This is not just made-up stories, actual people that God has changed. And so we love you guys so much. Thank you for calling Journey Church home. And I want to share another story. This is from a young woman at our church called Tracy. Tracy says this, growing up in a somewhat strict, old-fashioned Catholic home, uh, I was obese. And making friends was definitely a challenge. With little to no self-confidence, I developed a social anxiety that crippled my life. It wasn't until high school where I met my two best friends, Josh and Hunter, that showed me how to enjoy life. And in March of 2015, I got a call from Hunter telling me that Josh had just been killed, which sent me into a horrible depression. And the day after Christmas, the same year, I found out that Hunter had also died. I started to curse God for making my life so difficult. I began an unhealthy eating disorder while losing weight and battling my depression and slipped even further away from God. But I got an invite in September in the mail for Journey Church, and I felt compelled to go. Walking up, I was embraced by a woman named Suyani, which is a part of the reason I returned. One Sunday, I complimented her choker necklace, and her simple response spoke volumes to me. She spoke to me girl to girl. No one had ever spoken to me as a girl before. I went home and I cried, knowing I was finally home. Journey has helped me defeat my anxiety, befriend amazing people, and come back home to Christ. Would you guys give it up for Tracy? (laughs) Hey, Tracy. We love you, girl. You're awesome. We love Tracy. Thankful for you. Love all of our meetings that we get to have and we get to talk. I'm so grateful that God is, you're going through an evolution as a person and you've been talking about your friends and the things that God's doing in your life and, and you're special. And uh, how many people know to go, from, to go from social anxiety to sitting in front of a group of hundreds of people is not easy. And so we thank you for that. You're awesome. And so we want you to know if you don't have a home and you don't have a place to belong, Journey Church is a place for you to belong. It's a place where you can call home. But I also believe this. I believe there's more to life than just belonging. And you know what I learned that? I learned that in the fifth grade. I learned that there was more to life than just belonging because in the fifth grade, I finally belonged to something. I told you my whole journey, you know, for identity within my race and ethnicity. Uh, but actually, in the fifth grade, I became a part of a, of a national fraternity, the national and official Power Rangers Club. Oh, yeah. You only know that if you know Power Rangers, Okay. <laughs> And if you don't, the movie's coming out next year, so you want to check it out. It's going to be awesome, all right? Power Rangers Club, man, it was a show. If you don't know, it was a kid's show in the 90s, and, uh, and I'm a 90s baby, uh, 80s baby, but 90s kid, and uh, a 90s kid, and so that was my jam, and a couple friends of us got together. We would start our own Staten Island chapter of the official Power Rangers Club, and so we did it, and, uh, and after three weeks, the club entirely fell apart. Three weeks. You know why? Because it was whack. We started asking ourselves. We were, it was like we, we were giving up a lot, you know, like we were missing homework assignments. We were missing baseball games. You had to stay up to date in all the episodes, and Jason was a good guy. Now he's a bad guy. Now he's a good guy. First he was the Green Ranger. Now he's the White Ranger. We had, there was a lot to catch up on. There's a lot of you know, evolutions within this, you know, this series. It's very in-depth for a 12-year-old to follow. And then one day we realized, you know, we asked one question, one question that kind of broke the group up, and we said, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we, why are we getting together? And here's what I learned on that day, and I hope that you catch this. A community is only as strong as its cause. A community is only as strong as its cause. 
And if your why is not bigger than your sacrifice, eventually you will stop sacrificing. And that's why coming to church sometimes is great in the beginning, but it gets harder the older you get. Because the older you get, the further away you get from your why. And all of a sudden, you're making all these sacrifices, and you're like, well, why am I giving my money? And why am I getting up early? And why am I volunteering? And why am I smiling at people who are not smiling back? This is a lot of sacrifice. Why, why, why? That's the problem. The sacrifice has become bigger than the why. But you got to reconnect to your why. You got to reconnect to the reason you fell in love with Jesus in the first place. You got to reconnect with the person of who God is. You got to reconnect with the love that you feel when you were on your knees praying one day and God met you. You got to reconnect with that accident that could have took your life, but God saved you. You got to reconnect with your children and your wife, the good gifts that God has given you. When you get a great perspective of your why, all of a sudden the sacrifice looks small. And I want to stay on this whole thing because here's, here's what I believe. Belonging brings you peace, but being apart brings you purpose. And I want to tell you the difference. There's a difference between belonging and being apart. Because when you belong, you know, you're there and you're sitting and you're enjoying. But when you're apart, that means you actually have something to do. You're apart. You're involved. You're engaged. You're invested. And purpose can only come when you become apart. Now, let me settle on this idea of purpose really quickly. Because uh, there are a lot of people who are on a search for purpose. And, and they go to school for years so that they can become a certain job because they want purpose. But can I tell you, this is what I have found. The reason why we struggle so much in our search for purpose is because we try to find purpose in and of ourselves. But I've learned, I've learned through the ministry that purpose is not found in a person but in people. Because if your purpose is limited to who you are and what you do, then it is that, limited. But when your purpose is bigger than you, it can go further than you ever could. It can live longer than you could ever live. It could reach further than you could ever reach. Purpose is much bigger than a person. Purpose is only found in community and in the people. So, for example, you might think, well, my purpose is to be a millionaire. But you know what? Being a millionaire isn't a purpose. A millionaire is a person. But you know what purpose is? Giving away millions. That's purpose. You might say, well, you know what, my purpose is to be an athlete. But an athlete is not, a pur is not purpose. It's a person. It's a profession. But you know what purpose is? Becoming somebody so that you can influence others to chase their dreams. That's purpose. You know what, I want, to be a, I want to be a doctor. That's my purpose. But being a doctor isn't a purpose. Being a doctor is a person. But you know what a purpose is? Saving lives. That's a purpose, right? I want to be a businessman. But being a businessman isn't a purpose. It's a person. But you know what is a purpose? Providing jobs for people in my community. That's a purpose. That's a purpose. I want to be a teacher. That's great, but being a teacher isn't a purpose. But you know what is a purpose? Helping kids fulfill their greatest potential. That's a purpose. You don't find purpose in of yourself. You can only find purpose when you get planted with people. When you find community, you find purpose in a part. Now, when I say that, some of us get offended because we have these ideas of parts, you know, that they're small and they're insignificant and they're not a big deal. But you have the wrong idea of a part. When I mean part, I don't mean that you're insignificant or unimportant. I mean you're this. And I've been dying to get this out of my pockets, but I had this in there from the beginning of the worst experience. Really irritating, but it was all for this moment, so I hope it's worth it. Raise your hand if you know cars here. You know vehicles. Like, you're a car guy. You know a little about cars. I want, promise I want car. You know about cars? That's awesome. So, so, I hope so because I'm about to test you, bro. Um, if I go down here, will this thing, like, blow up if I come down here? No? Okay. I don't know how sound works. It's not my purpose. Um, let me talk to you, man. Um, and you know a little about cars, right? That's good. So you probably have an appreciation for this thing, right? You know what this thing is? 
Now, let me just tell you, if you don't know what this thing is, you probably think, well, that's what I feel like. I feel pretty small. I feel pretty insignificant. I feel unimportant. You know how much I paid for this at the auto parts store? Uh, $2.30. And I think there are people in here, no offense, you probably feel, and again, I'm just saying you might feel, you might feel like $2.30. You might feel like I'm not really important. I don't really do a lot with life. But you know what this is, right? What is this? Spark plug. It's a spark plug. And what does a spark plug do for the car? Ignites the fuel. It ignites the fuel so the car can't work without this. See, when I say you're a part, I want you to know, I'm not just, you might feel small, and you might feel insignificant, and you might feel unvaluable, but what I'm really saying is, we don't go without you. We don't move without you. We can't accomplish what God's put in our heart without you. You are an important part, and without you, you might feel small, and you might feel little, and I might be the first person in your life to ever tell you this since you're a second grade teacher, but you're on earth for a reason. And you have a gift, and you have a talent, and you have a skill and an ability. And, the, and, and if you haven't realized what you're here for, maybe the problem's not with you. Maybe you just haven't gotten connected into the community yet. But maybe when you get connected, all of a sudden, the thing that you were traded to do comes out. That's purpose. That's the little part. Where's my nurse at? Where's Riza? Riza. What's this right there? What is that? A nose hair. Thank you. That's a nose hair. What does that do right there, Riza? What is that? Why is that important? It filters foreign particles from your nasal cavity. Riza's a nurse, so that's science, okay? Science. I want you to know something. If I would have plucked that nose out and throw hair, nose hair out, and just throw that in the wind, that nose hair would probably be caught in the wind. We'd probably pick it up and we think, man, this is nothing. Look at that. It's smaller than an eyelash. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't cover up your bald spots. There's nothing for this. This thing is small and insignificant. But without the nose hairs, we found out there are particles that, that, that swirl throughout our atmosphere. Germs, uh, uh, spores, fungus. There's fungus. There's bugs. There are bugs, little tiny bugs that fly up and they could plant eggs. Eggs, people. Eggs. Want eggs in there? What am I trying to say? A nose hair out there is nothing, but a nose hair in here keeps your body alive. That's you. Tell somebody, I'm a nose hair. Yeah, and tell them, and I'm important, and I'm significant, and this don't work without me, and you don't live without me, and I have a reason, and God put me here, and I'm good for something, and I was created on purpose. I can do something. I might be a nose hair, and I might be small, and I might be little, but try to live without me. Try and live without me. It won't work. It won't work. You were created for something big, and I want to give you a And when you find purpose, can I tell you, something happens in your life. Something big happens in your life. I want to share the story of two people who found purpose. They started serving on our volunteer team here. We call it the dream team here because we believe your dream plus our dream equals God's dream. And so I want to share the story of, of a young man named Connor. Connor's amazing. Here's Connor's story. Connor's a little preacher, so when I asked him for his story, he, like, wrote a sermon. And here's what he said. He said, I like to start off with a quote. That's how you know it's a sermon. He said, quote. He said, he did research, okay? He said, I like to start off with a quote. A famous poet once said, life is a journey, not a destination. But Webster's Dictionary defines journey as the act or instance of traveling from one place to another place. So journey isn't, a journey isn't a journey if you don't know where you're going. Although I grew up a Christian, I never denied my faith in God. I denied my journey with God. I thought I knew where I was going with my life, but I had no destination. I knew I had a talent, but I had no idea what I was destined to do with it. By the way, you need to know that Journey uh, Connor is the one who creates all the videos 
here at Journey Church, and we're real grateful for him. Then I found Journey Church. Better yet, God led me to Journey Church. My first time attending the second Sunday, it opened, I knew. I messaged Pastor JJ on Facebook that day, attended Next Steps, and now I'm on a journey, and I now know my destination. The first video I ever made for Journey Church, listen to this, was the first time in my life I had ever used my God-given talent for God. And let me tell you, I have never in my life felt a greater feeling. It is a feeling nothing on this earth could ever give you. You just want to Connor, come out, Connor. We love you, Connor. Yeah. Love you, man. You're awesome, bro. And I want to share the story of one young lady who's really close to us. She actually went to, uh, she actually knows my wife from the high school days, which is a dangerous time to have known my wife. But uh, we weren't always Christians. And so um, her name is Marvy. She's absolutely one of the most beautiful human beings you'll ever meet. This is her story. Uh, she, she serves on our media team. Marvy serves with our kids. Marvy serves on guest services. Marvy leads a women's small group. Marvy's amazing. About a year ago, I reconnected with Pastor JJ's wife, Liz. We met when we were teenagers through a mutual friend. My life before Journey Church consisted of depression and anger. I felt alone and that the brokenness I felt I would always feel for the rest of my life. I felt as if I didn't deserve love, not even my own son's love. Marvy's a single mother. When I began serving at Journey, an instant relief of weight was lifted. The love I received from members of the church left me in awe. Could God really be answering my lifelong problem? Yes, he was. So I decided to let go. I began serving in the kids' ministry, Journey Kids, and began teaching children. And teaching children filled me with a joy I never felt. Serving in a women's small group gives me hope and the comfort that I am not alone. Being a part of the church family, adi- uh, uh, being a part of the church family additionally with God fills the void I felt for years. And the thoughts of my future and my sons with my Journey family gives me assurance that we are home. Will you guys give it up for Marvin? We love you, girl. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah. These are just individual people to you, but I have been able to walk with some of them through some of the darkest moments of their lives, and it has been exciting to see what God is doing in their lives. And you know what? When you see all this life change, I want to tell you, you have the opportunity to be a part, not to just belong, but to be a part. When I said earlier about the whole Power Rangers Club thing, I had mentioned that if your why is not bigger than your sacrifice, you begin to question your gifts and you begin to question your talents and you begin to question your sacrifice and all those things. And so if you are a first-time guest at Journey Church, I, wanna, I want you to know, I want to introduce to you our why. And if you've been coming for a while, I want to remind you of it. This is our why, and we're going to put it up on the, on the screen. Our why at Journey Church is simply this. This is why we gather. This is why we get together. This is why we sacrifice. This is why we wake up at 5.30 in the morning. This is why... You know, we're, we're, we're playing instruments. Why these, these young people have, and, and, and men and women have signed, have signed up and sat down. Our why is this? Because Jesus should be accessible to anyone. That's it. That's what we believe. That is our why. That's what drives us. That's why we get up in the morning. And here's what we believe. When we say Jesus, we don't mean religion. We're not big fans of religion. We are fans, however, of relationship. And when you get Jesus, you don't just get a religion. You don't become a Christian. You engage in a relationship that has so much more. My beautiful wife, when I married her, I didn't just get Liz. I got a counselor. 
I got a, I got a therapist, okay? I got a, I got a, a, a cook. She's been cooking some good food. And I got some other stuff that I can't say because kids are in the audience. But she is great to me. She is good to me. I got more than just a woman, I'm telling you, when I decided to get into a relationship with her. And I want you to know you get more than just a religion when you decide to get into a relationship with Christ. You get this. Next slide. You, you get hope. You get forgiveness, you get strength, you get life, and we could keep going. You get health, you get favor, you get blessings. All of that comes in Jesus Christ. We believe we want Jesus to be accessible. Here's what we mean by accessible. We mean simple. We mean welcoming. We mean reachable. We don't want to make Jesus something complicated because he's not. Jesus is actually really simple. It it all really makes sense. He loved us so much, he gave us our life. And if you believe in him, heaven is yours. That's it. End the story. Close the book. Believe in Jesus and heaven is yours. And blessing is yours. And favor is yours. And health is yours. And strength is yours. And, and, And shame on us sometimes. When we make it more complicated than it ought to be, we want to welcome you. When we say accessible, we mean, you know, some people are easy to be friends with because they're so welcoming, you know. They're accessible friendships. We want to be an accessible church. We want to hug you even when it's awkward because hugs are awesome and you remember them more than you remember a handshake. I'm going to hug you when I see you outside. Don't push. There are other exits in the building. But if you leave through the front doors, you are giving me permission to hug you. I just want you to know right now. There are other fire exits you can use, um, but, but we hug. Why? We just want you to feel loved and welcome just the way you are. And when we say anyone, we mean your friends, your coworkers, strangers, people who look like us, people who don't look like us. We mean anyone. That's why we get up. That's why we give. That's why we make the sacrifice because we believe this. This is what drives us. Jesus has been so good to a couple of us that we are convinced. We want to tell people the good news and we want to do everything we can to create a space in the way that we communicate, in the songs that we sing, in the stories that we tell, in the small groups that we lead, in the ministries and the teams that we run, that you can have this too. You can have the health. You can have the the, the relationship. You can have the forgiveness. You can have the hope. It's yours, and you don't have to do anything. You can belong right here before you even make a step in in this direction. That's why we give our lives. That's why my wife and I moved and sold our home and moved to the city of Winter Park with no job and no income, and that's why we are currently unemployed, and that's why we are living off of our IRA, okay? (laughs) We took that penalty. We just said we needed it. And, And why? Why? we believe Jesus should be accessible to everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text journeyorl to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.